Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 82, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. And it's my pleasure to welcome back into the studio one more time the Maryland's craft beer champion, Comptroller Peter Francho. Great to see you, Chris, and uh, congrats on the latest edition of Uncapped. I can't wait to read the article about uh, women breaking into the craft brewing uh, ownership uh, business. And also, I'm looking forward to May 12th when I come back up for uh, the Frederick Beer Festival. That's going to be a great time. Yep. It, it always is. Hope the weather's just like it is today. And Yes, it would be great. It may be a little warmer, uh-huh. um, but in past years, it has been ridiculously hot for early May. Well, I, guess I just came mid-May. from uh, Attaboy, and they uh, gave me a little tasting of uh, their Golden Field, and it's just reminds me how innovative and entrepreneurial the craft beer sector is. And then uh, going back to talking about the, the cover story of Uncapped, and I think another beautiful aspect of the craft beer community in Maryland, there there is a lot of women represented in it. Um, there are more and more breweries being started and then also having women brewing. So it, it, our diverse collection of breweries and brewers in Maryland are great. Well, what I love about the Maryland brewing industry is that it's very entrepreneurial and innovative, but they're not that competitive. They're perfectly willing to bring in other competitors and uh, partner with them. And uh, there's a kind of a community spirit to the sector. And then on top of that, you've got uh, the fact that they are you or whoever uh, I'm addressing, I guess, as far as Maryland brewers. You are single-handedly revitalizing communities all around the state. And uh, this is so much bigger than just the jobs and the revenues and the wages and the the economics of this sector, which are very promising. It's this uh, ability to strengthen communities, which I find to be so appealing. Yeah, so actually right now I'm wondering, how are you so energetic and you must have had just a ridiculously busy last couple of months. You had you were very active and busy during the session. Tax day was earlier this week, which for Maryland seems to have been a great success. Knock on wood, it <laughs> went very smoothly. Uh, we've processed uh, two and a half million returns. We got another three hundred thousand in uh, in the last couple of days. I'll be helping the staff open them up this Saturday because we physically have to open them up. Uh, and then we've got another half million that will be coming in in October from people that ask for extensions. Can you look up when I'll get my refund? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> we, we're we're uh, averaging 2.1 business days. We've already returned $2 billion in refunds. We're going to return another 900,000. Uh, 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 not 900,000. We're going we're gonna, to uh, return another billion. Uh, so that's a real shot in the arm for the public because uh, they get some spending money. And along with the federal tax cut, we're hoping that uh, there'll be a lot of people visiting tap rooms at uh, craft brewers around the state and uh, spending some of that money. I, n- I know I will, without a doubt, help contribute to that. 
Yeah, but we are averaging 2.1 business days from getting your electronic request and putting your money back in your bank account. Most of the refunds have been given out uh, because, um, well, people file early. I'm a procrastinator, so mine uh, well, wasn't we'll filed see. until uh, Monday evening. Yeah, you give me your contacts, <laughs> up, or actually call me and let me know because I mean that's such a congested time. Yeah. I'd be interested when you do get your refund. So I'll call let me. you know. Yeah, please. So let's um, let's talk about the nice, uh, civil, easy uh, legislative session we just went through. Yeah, the problem, obviously, with the legislature is once they've got a big issue in front of them, they tend to freeze up and they get sidetracked into ego and personalities and politics and this kind of stuff. And they don't pay attention to what the good people of the Maryland craft brewing industry were asking for, which is nothing special. It's it's what the distillers in Maryland already have and the wineries already have. It was the freedom to produce their great products and uh, you know, have contractual relationships that permit them to grow and prosper. So it wasn't a big ask, but it ran into a bit of a brick wall, predictably because it was a new issue and because it was being uh, heavily advocated for. But I'm very optimistic that uh, next year uh, not only 518, but other provisions uh, helping the craft brewers uh, will be passed. Once the legislature focuses on the actual request in front of them rather than some of the uh, side issues. So is the plan to uh, resubmit 518 as it is? And go, or well, that's a good question. I have suggested to Kevin Addix and uh, the Brewers Association of Maryland that they take the lead, not me, because okay. they are able to obviously present their uh, request uh, based on, on uh, their experiences. And I think that uh, is probably the right way to go. I have a lot of other issues. I'm certainly not abandoning them at yeah. all. I continue to be, a, as you say, a champion for the uh, industry because it's so good for Maryland. Uh, From is, every aspect. Oh, my God. This agriculture, is, manufacturing, uh, service working, service industry. Like it's well, the main tourism. Thing, yeah, the main the tourism is a huge deal. But the main uh, reason I'm supporting the industry is because the citizens deserve it. And uh, they deserve to get respect from the uh, legislators and, uh, you know, results and responsiveness. And uh, they didn't get that this year. But that's kind of the way of Annapolis. You have to go down there one year and uh, make your initial foray. And then you need to go back and specifically get what you need. And what they're asking for is not particularly radical. It's simply... Uh, what these other sectors have and what the brewing industry in Virginia and Pennsylvania and Delaware and D.C. already have. So I'm uh, that my plan is to kind of spin off a little bit, allow them to uh, um, get down there and talk to the new legislators because there are going to be a lot of new ones down there. I hope that they continue to do political advocacy during the spring and summer. You know, they need to get out and and uh, and really uh, make their case uh, th with their customers uh, from these tap rooms. They need to reach out to the Maryland legislature using uh, social media and technology 
and I assume that they'll be doing that. So will you be continuing the task force at all, or are you just going, as you said, let, kind of let step back? Is it, so is it an accurate statement to say you, you're going to kind of step back and let the Brewers Association of Maryland lead the charge now? Yeah, I see this as a flight of B-52 bombers, and I've got a particularly big bomber, and I'm just <laughs> peeling off. I've got some other issues, some of them related to uh, craft brewing, that I'm going to be involved with personally. Uh, but I'm going to continue to support the other B-52s as they fly down to Annapolis and make their case. And I think that's entirely proper, to have the industry mature uh into uh, more traditional uh, lobbying. I urge them obviously not to lose their moxie and don't uh, go down there hat in hand, but go down there and ask for the uh, House Bill 518 plus other provisions that should be put in that we didn't think of. But we've given them a great product. I mean, that result of the task force uh, basically is over. Uh, the product is very solid. Uh, they need to go down and ask for that and uh, additional bells and whistles that would uh, make Maryland the number one state in the country. So let's take a quick break to thank another supporter of the craft beer industry, Roast House Pub. Um, coming up, we have a beer dinner with Black Flag Brewing from out a little closer to Annapolis and located in Columbia. Uh, April 24th, they'll be having their uh, beer dinner with Black Flag. Next week will be Mom's Spaghetti Dinner. That's on the 26th with Kushwa versus Old Mother. And then I've talked about it a couple times, um, but Roast House is introducing their VIPA card. And the first uh, 25 people who email chris at newspost.com, and we'll put that in the description of the video, um, and the podcast, the first 25 people who email me will be registered to receive these and you'll get information on the special access and deals that you'll get from Roast House Pub. So thank you once again, Roast House Pub, for your support. So I guess my next question would be the from the surface and from looking uh, from the outside, not being there, the it looked pretty ugly during the session and there was a lot of um, negativity lobbed at you. Um, it, so under the surface, was there, was there more positivity between the support of legislators and the reform on tap task force or? Well, there isn't a legislator that I didn't talk to who, was anything but supportive of the craft brewing industry. The problem is that a couple of folks at the top uh, decided that nothing was going to be done and that they were going to send a message, I guess, to me. Message received, but didn't do anything to me. They just hurt the craft brewing industry by treating them poorly. And they need to correct that. They need to uh, understand that the business reputation of the state has been damaged. And they should not be sending messages by fooling around with legislation that actually affects real Maryland families. When we talk about 6,500 jobs in the craft brewing industry, we mean that. And it should be double or triple that. But for the legislature to get involved in some kind of uh, 
artificial uh, games uh, playing. It was uh, predictable, I guess, but uh, highly unfortunate. And I think that now there's a there will be a different response with new legislators because there's a big turnover. And uh, we'll just see how it all works out. But historically, what happens is that uh, in issues like this, in the second year, you get most of what you ask for. Um, so do you, you think the, that the main issue is more of them being vindictive towards you than not? So like a lot of the arguments that were put forward that have definitely been echoed by a lot of people that they weren't substantiated. Look, let's, let's like be, the, let me be honest with your listeners. Annapolis is broken. I mean, let's be, this is a system down there that prides itself on looking as if it's, uh, democratic and open to the public and everything's on the level. Most, a lot of it isn't on the level and it's handled in the back rooms and, uh, it's machine politics rather than good government. It's a few people, one or two in each body, that have the decision-making authority. And they feed it down the food chain to the rest of the legislators, and everybody gets exercised on it. And that's what happened down there. It was very unfortunate. Uh, I happened to think that it was an example of uh, smoke-filled back rooms rather than open, transparent, accountable government. I thought that the cronies and the lobbyists uh, benefited rather than the people of this great state, and I think there are going to be changes accordingly. But um, it's it happens all the time. It's not just the craft brewing industry. Yeah. It's everything runs through that. And uh, yeah, I uh, I was talking. I can't remember who I was talking to, but it was. Um, I was talking about how before I started doing this and following the legislation w for breweries so closely, I was blissfully unaware of how ugly politics were in, in Maryland and probably just as a whole. I mean, I followed local closely and there, there are some personalities that don't get along and they have little squabbles um, in local Frederick uh, uh -huh. politics, but I still feel like at the heart of everything, they, they are doing what they think is best for Frederick. But like watching closely this time as an outsider, I was appalled by how many things I saw happen that looked like they were just from a spiteful standpoint and a vindictive standpoint, not taking into account me as a citizen or the businesses that were affected by what they were debating. Yeah, this is not a partisan comment. I'm a Democrat, so the Democrats run Annapolis, but if Republicans ran it, it'd be the same problem. Power tends to corrupt. Absolute power corrupts Absolutely. So you've got one or two people in each body that have complete decision-making over substantive issues, craft brewing being one of them, and they get in the habit of being able to dictate exactly what's going to happen, and a lot of it is juvenile, immature, uh, ego, high school-type messaging back and forth to people. And generally, they get away with it. But I think the public is now beginning to wake up to the fact that uh, it is not on the level. And uh, I think the craft beer issue is, a, is an example 
of uh, how necessary it is to enact some checks and balances on these uh, handful of individuals that run the place. So I think this lead, it's a good time to bring up a question that someone on Facebook, Frank About Beer, brought up that uh, about the task force that's being enacted or being formed to study who should control the um, alcohol regulation. Now, I'd, I don't know if you would, you would have any idea for the answer to this, but it was who would that, like, do, do you have any sense of, like, who are they suggesting should be in charge of that? Or Well, no, is, because it's a bogus, cynical sidebar issue that's brought up to cover up the economic protectionism that that really represents, which is, look, we're going to retaliate against the comptroller by removing his authority to oversee alcohol regulation. First of all, I have a great enforcement section. They do their job superbly. They. I wish I could remember his name. Jeff Kelly. The, the, is, the yeah. one, he was with you. I, I applaud him for the way he instantly stood up for himself when there were the false accusations that he might not be doing a good job of enforcing the laws that are in place. Right. And the legislators that wanted to have more uh, regulation from me and less advocacy for the craft beer industry, I mean, what a bunch of, uh, of uh, misstatements they represent when they say, uh, gee, this is a public health issue. Yeah. Is alcohol a public health issue? Sure. We regulate it like white on snow, and we are extremely vigilant on that. But to have a legislator bring that issue up uh, who is tremendously conflicted himself with his personal financial connection to uh, liquor stores and liquor dispensaries, I, I thought it was pretty cynical and crude to use the public health yeah. sector as an argument, I mean, yeah, should we be concerned about uh, abuse of alcohol? Yes, and if you are uh, concerned about it, what about Budweiser, what about Miller, what about Coors, what about the spirits, what about everything else? But to focus that in this, uh, you know, uh, charlatan way, uh, the committee got into this issue of, of public health, I, I think was very unfortunate and, embarrassing uh, and unfortunate for the public health community that got, um, you know, maneuvered into that operation. But um, all of that stuff happened, and I think it's all going to be behind us when we go into the new session with new legislators and a new, uh, hopefully broader, stronger, better coalition, even than we had, and it was very, very strong. Uh, and I am... Uh, I, my my sense of this issue is that it's like trying to stop progress if you're going to continue to say no. And so I think it'll break through next year and benefit the state uh, in a significant way. So the what it would be your advice for how people can help move move forward? What what should people do to like an average citizen? What should they do to help out? Every time they go to a tap room and enjoy a good local cold Maryland beer made in Maryland, generally with Maryland ingredients and uh, owned by Maryland family uh, families, young families, and located in areas that are not areas where there's a lot of manufacturing 
uh, sector and not a lot of jobs and revenues, every time they go into one of those places, they should go up and ask to communicate with Maryland uh, General Assembly on how great the beer is and how good it is that uh, uh, you know they're spending money in Maryland and producing jobs and uh, creating tax revenue, among other things. And uh, what a great atmosphere it is in these tap rooms as opposed to the general experience that people have. I'm trying to speak disparagingly of taverns and uh, other places that serve alcohol, but how great these community tap rooms are. If they're able to uh, use technology to get their folks who are willing to uh, send a uh, hope you're having a great day to the legislators, because uh, we are, uh, that, that, believe me, that's uh, that would be a big help. Otherwise, uh, I think that most of the elected officials need to be interviewed and put on record as to where they stand on these issues. And once we get into the specific, it's very hard to say, uh, you know, uh, it, the, the uh, operating hours should not be increased. The barrel limit should not be increased. Uh, we shouldn't become similar to our neighboring states. And I think that'll happen uh, naturally. Yeah, it's it's one of the like I often like to play devil's advocate, and I watch through all of that testament, almost all of that testimony, and it was hard to listen to anything and think like, oh, they have a point. It was like every every opposition that was brought up, it just, it was a weak argument that was easy to shoot down. So it's hopefully as all of us together are talking to um, legislators or people who are running for election for the first time this year, as we are rapidly approaching the primaries in another election that ask everyone where they stand and if well, they that, were, that would help, but uh, that's probably the trade association's responsibility yeah. to do it in a comprehensive way. But most of all, just realize that uh, when I said that this is like trying to stop progress, it is. There's like a river coming behind us of public support for craft beer. You can't dam it up. Uh, um, some of it may go over to Virginia and Pennsylvania if you try to, but ultimately it's going to break through and sweep uh, all of this along. And most of these legislators, I don't mean to think, say that they're bad people. They're not bad people. They just are in an institution that's broken, and they, they, they realize it. They don't like it. They're told what to do most of the time, 50% of the time, and they're not in the back room when the decision is made. But it's justified by the fact that they have these important positions and some of what they do is out in the open and on the level. It's just that this beer issue, along with a number of other issues, got moved into uh, areas where the public wasn't allowed. So um, another question I have, and I asked... Um, but I agree with you about the overall... Uh, approach. I mean, I would be appalled if I were a member of the craft brewing industry at the treatment that they received. Yeah, it was, I, I, it was embarrassing. I think like the, the way that some of them were attacked. Welcome to Annapolis. Yeah. Which once I, I used to be blissfully unaware. 
Yeah, and it's because they realize, I think, I think they're desperate in protecting the distributors erroneously from any kind of uh, liberating from their economic situation that they currently have the brewers uh, under. But I think ultim- ultimately it will all turn out just fine. That's I'm, that. I'm, uh, I couldn't be more honored to be associated with a sector than this one. And I, my message to the sector is, uh, trust me, uh, this is all going to happen. And just keep pushing. And don't, uh, don't acquiesce just because uh, it was a little rocky at the, at the outset. There are dozens of issues like this that have gotten through and moved to great success, not the least of which are the wineries and the distilleries. Yeah, and wineries what, ten year ten or so years ago yeah. had the same fight. Yep, and they uh, hey, you go to Black Ankle or uh, my favorite is uh, these days is the uh, old is the Westminster Winery. Old West, the ones that are old putting Westminster. In cans. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 not yeah. Yeah, it's, it's old. An old, West, old Westminster Winery. There are a couple of wineries in Frederick County, Carroll County, in this area, this region, that are unbelievably. Uh, world-class spectacular and the beer is the has the same potential uh it's a little different sector but they should have the same uh support from the state so um i've asked a couple other people uh because i think just people in general tend to live in echo chambers more than ever nowadays Mm -hmm. so to me personally it everything i see it looks like this is a huge issue now you go around the states and you've talked to a lot of people is the support for the craft beer industry large is it a issue that the population at large is aware of and cares about or is it mainly the people close to it that really well not only did we put out the task force report which gave the structure to the issue we also lit up the movement and the movement uh ended up being one of the top if not the top issue of conversation in annapolis around the state i believe it is right up there with education health care transportation and uh here's an issue beer because why is that people like beer it's the Trump people and the Clinton people together saying, for God's sakes, Marilyn, get out of the way of these wonderful people. Let them do what they're good at. Make great beer. And I happen to think it's a unbelievably potent issue. Uh, and that is backed up by our polling. And um, so I'm not saying on the priority list for uh all of us elected officials, yeah, it rises to that level. But uh, for a vast majority of the public, uh, supporting this craft brewing sector is right up there with everything else. That's good to hear because, like I said, I oftentimes I don't know is is it just because where I look and the information I receive, am, am I just seeing a small subset, or as is it as big as it as it appears to me? Okay, well, come and, you know, go to the, uh, you, obviously you'll be at the festival on the 12th. Let's walk through and ask some people. Well, yeah, I'm and, sure. And it will. is the variety of people. It's the where they come from. It's who they are. It's it's not a uh, echo chamber. It oh, is, yeah. It that, is 
the real world. You walk into just about any tap room, and it is a very eclectic bunch. It, there, there is no blanket look to a, the, the people who go to a tap room. Yep. Take courage in both hands, uh, craft brewers, and head on down to Annapolis next year. And uh, I really believe you're going to reach the uh, a uh, parity with Virginia, which is very important because otherwise we're going to lose what we have to some of these other states because they're over busily recruiting. Uh, Flying Dog uh, obviously sadly announced they were not moving forward with their expansion. Uh, this is not a uh, just a beer issue. This is a uh, economic issue and a reputational issue for the state. And I want to thank uh, Governor Hogan. I'm a Democrat. He's a Republican, but he's been terrific and claims that he's helping uh, me uh, with uh, supporting Maryland beer. He says, beer by beer. So, okay, he's, that's a funny story. Uh, but he's been terrific because he supports small business, and he understands the economic potential and the fact that for millennials around the country, this is a huge uh, um, good housekeeping seal of approval for Maryland if we're known as a good beer state. So to wrap up, we may may hear less from you about beer, but you still fully support. No, I, let or? me just correctly describe okay. this. My B-52, that's a big plane, yeah. is kind of veering off in a different direction. But the only thing silent about Francho is the T at the end of my name. <laughs> Trust me, I will be there for this sector, and I will be championing it. I'm just... In a natural you're, evolution you're of maturity, the organization now has the task force yeah. report. They have a one session under their belt. They've got a sense of what they need to do and what some of the obstacles are. And uh, so I'm glad that they will you're, step up. You're passing the baton, but you are still there for support. Trust me. And uh, I'm I'm fully loaded in my bomb uh, <laughs> chambers there. And I have a... Uh, a kind of a larger inclusive target, which is this elite notion in Annapolis that we don't have to treat Marylanders like real people. We can treat them, uh, we can sit there and openly insult them and treat them with disdain or just be indifferent to them because we have these lobbyists here and that's all we need to get reelected. That elitist indifference to the legitimate uh, requests of a sector like the craft brewing industry is simply unacceptable and uh, it is endemic to the system. Once again, I emphasize this is not something that the beer people alone went through. Lots of different groups went through it and uh, it is, if it were Republicans doing it, I would be just as concerned as I am with Democrats doing it and it's, it's broken. We need more checks and balances. Well, I, I am optimistic for the what's going to happen next year should I, be i'm going to be I around know. for four more years <laughs> i hope um well at least i think you you don't have any trouble in june right there, well, apparently i don't have an opponent so yes. <laughs> uh, i'm hopeful that i'll win i'm honored and privileged <laughs> to be the comptroller and i do have some of my critics most of whom are in annapolis uh because they don't like to have uh sunlight shown on them they uh you know bad ideas flourish in the back room 
most good ideas are better out in the sunlight. And that's what we need to get across. And in a secondary priority, we'll be uh, helping you guys in whatever way I can. That's great to hear. Um, I know you have a jam-packed, busy, busy day. So I want to thank you so much for uh, making us part of your stop. And thank you for all you do for craft beer. Well, let me respond that I mentioned that the, the publication that you just put out is terrific. I hope everybody gets access to it. And I want to thank you for the attention and the visibility that you give uh, this wonderful family-owned sector. I mean, I love these folks that own these uh, breweries around Maryland. They, they inspire me and give me great hope for the future. And, Chris, you've done a fabulous job in, in uh, giving them some support. And I specifically want to thank your, your sponsors and your advertisers. I uh, hope you have many, many, many more. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.